superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. DJ Mikey D. D is in these nuts. What do you think of that, Steve? What do you think of that? D is nuts. I like it. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Don't get angry at Brian Kelly. Don't get angry at Lincoln Riley either. You turned down those terms. Earlier on the show, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Tony Dungy. ESPN senior baseball writer, Jeff Passan. Plus, legendary boxing promoter, Bob Arum. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Jeff Passan of ESPN. He's a senior baseball writer. As I just finished hour number one, that 2011 lockout season for the NFL aged me and uh, and and caused me to lose all my remaining hair. And uh, I, I just want to check in with him and those who cover Major League Baseball and send my best to all those who work in Major League Baseball and those who work in communities who make their money off of baseball seasons being played. I sure hope it all goes down the way that um, that we that we get baseball and it helps everyone out make ends meet and 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 enjoy the sport that many of us love. Um, Jeff's going to be joining us. Bob Arum, the legendary boxing promoter, is going to be joining us here in hour number three in person in studio. He's got a new fight to promote. Mm -hmm. He's turning 90. God bless him. Amazing. He's going to be here in hour number three. It's going to be terrific. But joining us right now here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is one of our favorites. He's a pro football Hall of Fame head coach and also a member of NBC Sports, just like us from Sunday Night Football, Football Night in America, Tony Dungy. How are you, Tony Dungy? I'm well, Rich. How are you? I'm doing fine. Better for talking to you, and I truly mean that, sir. <laughs> well, you're doing fine, too, since your Wolverines uh, are rolling right now. Well, Tony, uh, I've been chest out uh, quite a bit. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have been talking. I've been writing a ton of checks that Iowa can return s- to sender uh, on Saturday, but I am, I'm over the moon right now, Tony. No, I'll tell you Big what, they're time. playing well. Well, they're playing old-school football, aren't they? You know, just like yes, just yes. like John's doing, I guess, for the Ravens that we saw on Sunday night. You know, they're 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 forty one runs. I mean, my gosh, that's that's what we call commitment to that running game. And not in, in two thousand and twenty one, we we don't see that all the time. It's spread them out. You know, throw, be electric, uh, but to play old school, run and, and tough inside football. It was it was kind of a throwback. It was. What do you think of the uh, uh, situation that unfolded in college football this week where uh, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly leave Oklahoma and Notre Dame for much greener financial pastures and technically maybe even coaching pastures, but um, being done right at the outset of a college football playoff season that Notre Dame's right in the middle of right now, Tony? It's uh, a little surprising in Oklahoma, you know, maybe a little bit farther out of it, but they, they are in the same boat too. You're preparing for a bowl game. The coaches are out recruiting. Uh, Brian Kelly was in California, I guess, recruiting someone. You're talking to somebody about coming to Notre Dame and why it's the, the best place in the world to come. 
And then in 30 minutes, as these coaches say, hey, I had one conversation and all of a sudden I'm in uh, at USC or I'm at LSU. Uh, it's, it's, it's the way things are, um, you know, and it, everything's a business. But it's just when well, you feel badly for the kids. You know, you feel badly for guys who got recruited thinking they're going to play for a coach. And uh, the, the coach has done everything he can to, to sell them. And then it, it, it's not there. And, and it is, it's our system, and, and you can't begrudge people of that, but it is disappointing. Well, I mean, uh, were you reached out to, Tony? Because, I mean, I, I know that Tomlin was on a wish list for USC, and if people are taking, shooting their <laughs> shot with Tom, No, I'm serious. If, they, if, they're, if they're shooting their shot, you're like the ultimate shoot your shot. Let's see if he'll say no guy to the I, I think most people now understand that that i've been retired for 13 years i would have been flattered but no i was not reached out to uh but i i guess with the money that they're they're talking about you would at least have to think about it i'd still say no but i wouldn't say no uh right as soon as i answer the phone and when they're talking about a hundred million dollars you'd have to think about it and then say no <laughs> but you'd you'd have you'd have hung up the phone and thought about it right is that what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, i bet so but some of the it, it is crazy uh some the money that's involved and and uh just the fact that gosh what was i reading at lsu that that X number of professors and the, the top people on campus Not 25 getting... or 30 of them don't make what they're going to pay the, the head football coach. Um, that, that's where we are. And the head football coach is brings more, more notoriety and more attention to the school and, and increases donors and that type of thing. So uh, it, it's supply and demand, I guess. What do you think these contracts, like the one, for instance, that's rumored to be Lincoln Riley's, where houses are bought above market value, private jets are afforded to uh, his family. How do you think that lands with professional NFL head coaches? Do you think that that gives an idea, maybe, a little bit? It will, and eventually when they they do seriously start coming after the Mike Tomlins and and, uh, Sean Paytons and and people like that, then it it is going to have a rollover effect into the NFL, where the NFL owners may say now, well, I'm not doing that, but you you, you lose a, a great coach. You know, you, you lose uh, someone, um, you, you'll have to think about it. And then now an NFL coach, I've always signed up for long term and get the security, but maybe I want to be on a one-year, two-year deal if I can get a, a college to throw $15 million at me and then I can go back to my owner and say, do you really want me to stay? Um, I, I think it is going to have some, some ramifications. Right. I mean, certainly since, you know, the college – schemes have now bled into the pros maybe the college contracts can <laughs> as yeah. well. well we'll have to see you know we'll have to see tony dungy here uh, on the rich eisen show your team that you think is best that you've seen uh with your own two eyes either sitting there in the studio or getting out to a game tony through the first 12 weeks of the nfl season is which which one do you think you know it's it's funny i i said uh, in September that it would probably be November 1st just because of the way things have gone with off-season programs being cut short, COVID, nobody playing in the preseason. I just didn't see that consistency in September and October. And I, I thought by November 1, I would kind of know who the top five or six teams are. Um, but I, I have to say I really don't. Um, you know, Baltimore is playing great. They, they go to Miami and get 
throttled by the Dolphins, who who had only won one game at the time. And you know, Tennessee was playing great. They lose a, a big part of their offense, but um, they're they're struggling the last two weeks. And we've just seen it over and over and over again. Arizona maybe is playing the the best and most consistent. Um, you know, but they had a game where they lost to Carolina. So it's just I, I'm not sure who's going to be hot and and stay hot through December in the playoffs. New England is probably playing the most consistent football of anybody right now. I was going to say that team, Tony, because uh, in terms of right now, as you pointed out, now that's, it's funny you said you'd give yourself the November 1st. Here we are just after December 1st, and we still kind of are shrugging about it right now, is that in terms of knowing what a team can do, and then that team shows up each week, right? It shows up each week yeah. physically, mentally, uh, schematically, uh, New England is that team right now that you know who you are, are, you know what they are, and they show up. They are. They're not going to be flashy, uh, but they are going to do their job and do their thing every week. You're going to have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves, and they're going to play as close to their max as as, uh, as they can every week. And that that's what you're going to ask for. Um, you know, my heart is with the the Indianapolis Colts, and I see them get a two score lead on. <laughs> Baltimore and lose the game and get a two-score lead on Tampa and lose the game and and they're you know for 20 minutes uh, at a time they're as good as anybody in the league but they they've got some losses you know that that they are hard to explain so can can we get that team to show up for 60 minutes if you do they're they're as good as anybody Tony Dungy here on the Rich Eisen Show. We just saw on NBC on Sunday night the Cleveland Browns. They're 6-6 six and six on a bye week sitting at home right now. What is your sense of what is going on with that offense, the passing game, and the conversation that's being had surrounding Baker Mayfield? What is your general sense of what you saw Sunday night and how indicative that is of Baker Mayfield's fit in Cleveland? Well, two things we have to understand about Baker. Number one, he's hurt. Okay, and he's not 100%. He's out there playing, which I admire and I give him credit for. And number two, if you look at Cleveland last year when he played so well, and he did play well, they had this running game going. And they ran and they threw play-action passes. They made you defend certain things, and they were in a rhythm. Well, Nick Chubb, you know, goes out with COVID. Kareem Hunt is uh, on the IR for a little bit. Their running game is not the same. They're not built to just – drop back and throw or throw uh, 35, 40 times a game and have the quarterback be spectacular. That, that's not who they are. And I think coming down the stretch, and I think after this bye, Baker will be a little bit healthier. The runners will be healthier. Uh, they, they, losing the one offensive tackle really hurts. But they're going to get back to their identity of who they are, and he's going to throw the ball more effectively in, in December. Um, you know, people want him to be something that he's not. Um, you know, you look at Ryan Tannehill right now. Ryan Tannehill played great for all of last year and most of this year. And even a game or two after Derrick Henry went out, he played great. But now all of a sudden, it's not the same. And you're seeing more coverages, different kind of coverages. You don't have that. You know, you, you get in the red zone, and he never threw interceptions or turned the ball over because everybody had to play Derrick Henry. And that makes it easier for you. Now they've got to find different things. I think Cleveland's the same way. They'll get back to to who they are, and they'll get Chubb and Hunt rolling, 
and you're going to see some good Baker Mayfield in December. Well, I guess the issue for Mayfield as well that I've mentioned here many times, Tony, I want to bounce off you, is, is, is the fact that he's a number one overall pick, and you've got two guys in the draft, um, Josh Allen in particular, not Lamar, who can just do it without the run game. They don't need the run game. As a matter of fact, they, maybe they're the run game. That's well, not Baker. They're also the run game. They don't need the run game. They can just do it. And that complementary football, you can have a championship quarterback be uh, a complementary football team if you're Mac Jones drafted in the middle of the first round or Tom Brady, right? If you're 199th overall and he's grown onto obviously somebody who doesn't require a complementary football day in and day out, and he's been that for decades. But is is Baker Mayfield a championship quarterback if he's required to have a complementary football approach? Tony? You know, it, it depends on how, how the team is built. And that that's what people don't always understand. You know, you can build a team uh, to revolve around the quarterback. Or you can build a team that, that's going to win and, and the quarterback's a part of it. And, um, you know, I don't know. Is Baker Mayfield, can he there, – there's probably only – two or three quarterbacks playing right now, uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, we, we saw Tom Brady when the team kind of struggled in 2019, and everybody, oh, you know, what's wrong with Tom Brady? Maybe we're coming to the end. Well, we weren't coming to the end. The team just wasn't what it had been, and they were missing some cogs the way they were constructed. Um you know, and, and, and I think that's where Cleveland is. Cleveland is not a team with dynamic wide receivers and a passing game that's just going to go out there and light it up every week, um, no matter who's there. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers do that. We've seen him with, with Devontae Adams out and still throw to other guys and, and, and be great because that's how they're constructed. They're built around Aaron Rodgers. But, um, you know, not everybody's like that. So do you think maybe in the last one for you on this that the Browns aren't properly constructed around Baker? Because, I mean, no, if you remember. I, I, I think they are who they are, and they, they're built for what Kevin Stefanski wants. He wants to be a dominant running team. He wants to be very physical. Uh, he wants wide receivers who block, and he wants to win uh, the way you're going to have to win in Cleveland, you know, in in the wintertime. And I think that's what he's constructing. Now, um you know, when all those elements aren't there and they aren't running the ball dominant, um, you know, can Baker win games for them by himself? Probably not, uh, and, and probably not at this point. But that, that's okay. Um, you know, that's, that, that's who they are. Have you watched the Manning cast yet, Tony? Have you watched any of it? I have Peyton watched Dunn? parts of it. Uh, my wife actually likes to watch the mm-hmm. regular broadcast better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because she wants to know what down and distance it is and how much time is left in the game. She's traditionalist. And sometimes you don't get that on the Manning cast. So she's a traditionalist. So, but so she's what, a traditionalist. Okay, yeah. what do you think of Peyton's uh, uh, broadcasting skills? What do you think so far? Well, I, I think it's a, a definitely a different style that people gravitate to. Peyton could be an exceptional color commentator yes. uh, just on a regular broadcast. He can certainly do this. Um, he He can do it kind of any way you want. I, I think this really plays to a lot of people, uh, fans like me, who I, I can watch the game and see what's happening in the background and yes. listen to him and the, the guests and get entertained and get information and still watch the game. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, 
it, it plays to a niche of people, but I think he's really good at it. Yeah, I know. But if he did a traditional broadcast, Tony, we wouldn't be able to watch him eat during it. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he'd be like, limited. You know he we, would be limited we wouldn't be getting the way. full scope, right? I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen Peyton eat before. I haven't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know. No, to me, it really does. It seems seem like, hey, we're in how we were 15 years ago, watching uh, film in, in the complex and, and, you know, hey, he's pointing out things and we're talking about different things that are going on. It's just like watching tape with him. Yeah. And that's uh, a pretty cool feeling, I, I would think, for the general audience. It sure is to me too, Tony, and the fact that I just love watching him and Eli too. But Peyton in particular, he gets particularly irked by bad <laughs> football. Terrible. He gets, he, he, you know what, and I, I can – I can sympathize with him because I sit in our viewing room the same way. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting up there with Drew Brees. I used to sit there with Rodney Harrison. Yeah. And you watch things happen and you say, that certainly they had to cover that. What it was this running back thinking? How could you run out of bounds with a minute and 20 <laughs> seconds left in your head? How could you? That, that just can't happen. Right. And it, it, it does. And then I feel like that old man who's telling people to get off the lawn, you know, and I say, I've got to calm down. Well, the funny thing is that I used to watch games with Dion, and Dion would scream at anybody who made a bad mistake. He would scream at the screen, cut him. He said, if I was coaching, I would cut him <laughs> before coming back. And now look who's the SWAC coach of the year. I know. You know? I know. It's, How about it's that? It's so funny, you know. It is so funny. You get so mesmerized by um, just, you know, not – feeling like that should happen right and when it does happen it just kills you as a as a former player as a former coach and then you realize hey you know what everybody's out there trying nobody wants to make mistakes um but 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 they happen and and the more you can cut that's why i admire new england so much they they work on that they cut out those bad plays and they make people beat them and if, if you do that, you're going to win a ton of games. Tony Dungy, thanks for the time. You take care. Let's talk down the line. And obviously, in advance, I'll ask you on the air. I'd love to see you in person when you're out here for the Super Bowl, for Super Bowl 56. We'll see you oh, soon. Oh, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. I'd Rich. love to. You be well, Tony Dungy. You take care of yourself. All right. That's Tony Dungy, everybody, at Pro Football. Uh, pardon me. At, he's on uh, at SNF on NBC, at Tony Dungy on Twitter as well. At Pro Football HOF. That's it, at Pro Football HOF. Thank you, sir. I saw that on the screen. Let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. Jeff Passan, when we come back, your phone calls also still lurk on the program. If you are on hold, stay on hold. We are going to take them very shortly before Bob Arum strolls in studio. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Reached out to this man. I, I respect his work immensely. He is terrific at what he does, and the best part about what he does, and I'll be honest with you, he can write. Mm-hmm. He can write very well. He puts things in plain language, and also can describe things that are very difficult to understand into language you can understand. And nothing could be more important when covering a lockout, which he now unfortunately does. From the worldwide leader in sports, senior writer. Uh, covering baseball, Jeff Passan. How you doing, Jeff? You cash that check, yes or no? Uh, I have yet to cash the check of $5.59 that I got from my two episodes of CSI Miami work. Yes, I have not done that Will, will you, however, cash uh, The words damn and straight, uh, I think, <laughs> when stringed together, describe exactly what I will do with that check. Absolutely, I will cash that check. Oh, yeah, it's $5.59. It all adds up, sir. All that stuff. I was going to say, where, where is it? What's it going to go toward? What are you going to treat uh, yourself? I don't know. I might. Uh, I might get a, get a burger. Uh, I don't know. I might. Uh, I might. Yeah, I might. I might. I don't know. A little turkey burger because you know I'm trying to watch it. You know, it's that time of year. I don't know. But um, I'm are fa- trying to get. Are you trying to get your forty time down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. yes, yeah. Jeff. You know, it's never too early to pro to to get ready for. I'm, I, how about this? I'm hoping that by the time I run the forty at the combine in the first week of March, that this conversation we're about to have will all be uh, buttoned up. What do you think? What do you think? Not- I am cautiously optimistic. Oh boy! That by that boy. point, Major League Baseball and the Players Association will have a deal because, frankly, if they don't at that point, we're missing games. And if if regular season games are missed, that is a big problem for everybody involved. It, it, it runs the risk at that point of spiraling into something that it shouldn't, which is why I'm heartened by the fact that we have a few months left for the parties to try and reach an agreement because, frankly, uh, the there's no single issue at this point that is keeping them so far apart that they can't find a pathway to a deal. There, there is a pathway to a deal. They just, you know, I, I think now that we're in the lockout phase uh, is when the real negotiations and bargaining are going to start. Well, now that's now that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on. These are two things I wanted to get from you, and we kind of already um, are in the neighborhood of, of one of them. The two things I want to get from you are the issues that truly are 
the ones that are going to be the most difficult to hammer out because there's probably some fire and brimstone owners and some fire and brimstone players that say, screw it, let's burn it down to the ground and build it back up again because that's the only opportunity we have to do it right now. We haven't had this opportunity since 1990 and screw it. And that's the way, you know, uh, you, you do miss games. That's number one is I want to know what those issues are. And then that's, well, number two. And number one is the drop dead date. Like what is the midnight, the stroke of midnight date that exists in people's minds that they can screw around and say the most nasty things and then eventually put Humpty Dumpty back together in time for Because I remember that's the way it worked for the NFL. What do you have for yeah, me on that front? That's, and that's how it's working here, too. Um, the, the big thing is there's no singular issue like Major League Baseball wants a salary cap on the table right now. This is very simply, Rich, a fight about money and a fight about the division of this, you know, during a normal non-COVID year, $10 billion pie. And, and players, understandably, feel like, They've gotten the short end of the stick. Revenues in baseball have grown pretty significantly, and salaries have not. And, and when you see uh, you know, a, a graph that shows this line going upward for clubs and a line that's steady and even this past year went down for players, you know you're going to have contention there. So uh, while the players say, you know, we want competitive integrity, yeah, you don't want teams tanking because tanking teams means teams that don't spend, and teams that don't spend means fewer in free agency, and fewer options in free agency means lower salaries for players. It's, it's a very simple fact. Um, players want to get paid more earlier in their careers. Understandable. Baseball's reserve system has it such that for the first three years of your career, you get paid right around the major league minimum, which, don't get me wrong, it's great. Right now it's $570,500. It is going to go up and could go up fairly significantly, but uh, it's beyond that. If you have a great player in his zero to three uh, service class, uh, you know, they want bonuses for the ones who are excellent, who are all-stars, who get MVP votes, etc. And, again, a totally understandable thing. The problem is the players want a lot more than that, too. Uh, right now it takes six years for them to reach free agency. They, you know, they would like it to be shorter, or especially for players who don't get called up until later in their careers, uh, maybe some sort of an age-based system, though that probably ultimately is going to be off the table. Uh, they want arbitration, uh, which is where you can negotiate your salary right now in your fourth through uh, sixth seasons. They want that after two years instead of after oh, three. Oh, boy. Now that's, that's where the owners will be like, you got to be kidding me, because I know they hate arbitration and you know and yeah, it also yeah, just, well yeah. and players but, but and players they, may like it but they also it's it's a team that comes in and tells an arbitrator our guy stinks you know the, yeah, yeah he's yeah, yeah he's great here but here's where he also stinks and 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 and, and that whole process does stink jeff i mean so yeah, so so you're mentioning does. a lot and, of and things major, that are on the table but what's the one yeah, thing and, that's going to actually you know be the last thing on the table that 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 everyone's going to threaten games aren't going to be played and and the, and you know the commissioner's going to come out and say players aren't aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing at this table. They're the ones who are walking away. Like that's the way it's going to go. When it, when is that date? When, when when is that date where they finally decide that we 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 need to get this done? Because if we don't get spring training on time, that means April doesn't happen on time. When does yeah. that happen? I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a couple dates out to you. I think February first is an important date. I think if there is no movement by February 1st, then suddenly things start getting a little tricky. Things start getting a little perilous. Uh, but, but ultimately, 
Rich, this is about missing regular season games. Missing spring training games would be bad because spring training has become a big revenue driver for major league clubs, so they don't want to do that. But March 1st is the day that I have targeted in my mind. If there's not an agreement in place by March 1st, it's going to be pretty perilous. Now, we saw during COVID that players can get ready for a season in about three weeks. Mm -hmm. They did that during the COVID year. They can do it here. But let's remember all of the different things that have to go on in addition to getting the season ready. Um, There's still a bunch of really good free agents who are out there right now, despite the fact that, you know, a billion seven was spent in November to sign guys, and, and we're on our ways to absolute record revenues in free agency for players. Uh, Carlos Correa is still out there. Freddie Freeman's out there. Trevor Story's still out there. Like, not just like marginal guys. Like, there are dudes still out there. And on top of that, you know, there there are hundreds of players who don't have jobs at this point. So you're going to have a crazy frenzy when the lockout ends trying to just simply construct teams. On top of that, there, there's the issue with Latin American players of getting visas. If, if a player is not in the country right now, then it's going to be a difficult thing to get him a visa uh, and have him in there on time if you're not, you know, in agreement by March 1st. So that's the day in my mind that, that I'm really targeting is important. I, I think, yep. and, and granted, I'm being optimistic here, I think there will be a deal in place before then because despite the fact that we are in the ninth work stoppage in Major League Baseball history, Rich, I still think that there is a pathway to a deal. And now that we're in the lockout phase, uh, to me it's going to be a lot easier for them to figure it out because, frankly, they see the writing on the wall. They understand that if they don't get moving on this soon – that it has a chance to imperil the entire sport. No, I know that. That's a reasonable approach, Jeff. But like I told you, I just remember when 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 this happened with the NFL, there are going to be some yep. owners and some who have a lot of influence uh, yep. who are saying, we haven't had this opportunity in a long time. And don't don't worry about the fans. We'll take care of that, you know, and, and we'll pound the table and we'll tar and feather the players. And, you know, they're the ones who have got – you know, uh, more to lose. They don't want to lose paychecks. Let's do what we've always wanted to do. And then there will be some players that will say the same thing. And that is yep. what leads to the ultimate peril is what I'm saying, you know. And so what? let's go on the flip side. I just remember for the NFL lockout, you know, um, and, and I've, I've also heard that this might have been a little bit overplayed uh, as, in terms of a narrative. But Jeff Saturday of the Colts and Bob Kraft of the Patriots got together. I remember they famously hugged it out. Um, you know, in front of cameras. Is is there a relationship that we should be keeping an eye on like that in baseball as we go forward on this thing, Jeff? Yeah, not not at this point. No one no one's hugging right now. <laughs> they are, yeah, I mean, they that's, are that's far from the hugging phase at this point. Or just a, an owner that can reach out to a player in, in the association or something like that? Is there a back channel uh, that you might know of or anything about that? Yeah, I, I mean, those sorts of things emerge over time. There's always back channeling going on, and there are always uh, even third parties who are trying to uh, go and bridge the gap. But at this point, no, they're, they, both sides are very locked in on their positions. And uh, until there is a move, and, and listen, there, there, were, there were small moves this week, right? Uh, the... The league proposed getting rid of uh, what's called direct draft pick compensation. So when you have a star player who's about to be a free agent, you can give him a qualifying offer, which this year was a one-year $18.4 million contract. If a player rejects that, goes to free agency and signs somewhere else, 
the team that signs him has to give up a draft pick. And because of that, teams are less likely to either pursue particular players or to pay them what their fair and free market value would be. And because of that, Major League Baseball recognizes this is an impediment uh, on free agency and offered to take direct draft pick compensation off the table. That, that was actually a, a pretty significant move. Uh, on the other hand, the, the union, which had opposed expanding playoffs, uh, proposed a 12-game, uh, excuse me, a 12-team playoff, uh, expanded from the 10 right now, but not quite to the 14 that Major League Baseball won, uh, as well as the ability to put patches on uniforms, which, of course, would be sponsorship dollars in the pockets of the teams every year. Four, so 14 there, there teams, little, Jeff. Come on, man. There movements this week, but okay. in terms of the, the core economics, um, there was not a whole lot, and they're still fighting over those. And when they do get back to the bargaining table, we're, I think we're really going to get a better sense of what that big issue is going to be and how it's going to be resolved. Well, I, I'll tell you this, and Jeff Passon, a couple more minutes left with the MLB Insider and uh, Senior Writer at ESPN covering the sport. Um, I, I was um, surprised and I guess a little bit heartened to see all these deals that did get made beforehand, yeah. you know, because that means that everyone knows that business is going to be somewhat remotely close to usual, like that, that the, right. the, the rules won't be so far afield that players aren't thinking, I'm going to hold off right now and see if uh, if the rules change to the point where um, I might get less. No, they're clearly thinking they're going to get just the same amount, if not like that, that whatever Scherzer took is going to be market value after this. Clearly Scott right. Boris isn't going to let anybody do that, right? So, so um Putting it all together, I, I mean, the, the Wander Franco I, I, contract. I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, put it, I'll put it all together yeah, to you or sure. for you. Um, the fact that as much money was spent tells me that uh, both players and owners believe that there is going to be a 2022 season, a pretty substantive 2022 season. The, the reason it came together in free agency as quickly as it did, Rich, is because there's a deadline, and, and for a long time, people throughout the sport have advocated for some kind of a deadline, because we have to understand the difference between baseball free agency and the other sports. In the NFL, in the NBA, in the NHL, you have a salary cap system. Teams know exactly how much money they have to spend. Players' uh, value is pretty static, so you, you know what it's going to cost to go out and get a guy. And because of that, you can have this frenzy of contract signings at the beginning of a free agent period. It's why we see Adam Schefter and Adrian Morjanowski, uh, you know, dropping bombs all day long for the first <laughs> 72 hours of free agency, and then the rest of the free agent period seems just kind of dead. Baseball's never operated that way. Baseball's always been uh, such that, you know, the, the contracts can be outlandish and and we saw one of those with Corey Seager this week getting 325 million dollars over 10 years from the Texas Rangers so uh to, to have baseball with an artificial thing in place like this uh lockout deadline uh in, in which no free agent contracts can be signed no players can be traded you look at mlb.com and mlb network now and and they don't even reference players uh or have their names image or likenesses up there i mean it's Pretty crazy to see. And what it fueled was an unprecedented free agent market. 
Well, um, Jeff Passan, you have uh, many a December and January stand-ups outside of uh, fronts of hotels coming your way. Um, <laughs> you, you've got, uh, yeah, you also, I, I wound up through the NFL lockout uh, getting an honorary law degree from the Tulane Sports Law Program. Gabe Feldman gave that mm-hmm. to me because I became such an expert on, on these subject matters. Uh, that's your next two months, hopefully not longer. So hey, I, wish, I, I appreciate the optimism. Super psyched. No, get, get a good get a good pair of shoes. I mean, Albert Breer literally could have lived outside on the corner on Washington, D.C., outside the NFLPA's front offices. Um, I did so many of those with him. Um, so get comfortable shoes and, uh, and learn your law degree and, and uh, then we'll talk later on. How does that sound? You're going to have to call me Jeff Pass and JD from now on. Okay, there you go. There you go. Counselor, thank you. I give you a hug through the, uh, through the phone. <laughs> Thanks again. Appreciate it. You got it's Jeff Passan. I'm standing outside of a lobby where people are screaming at each other inside and hating on one another and saying things that they won't take back and can't take back, but are going to eventually. <laughs> Sad. And I know I'm sure a lot of you folks are like, oh, this rule five, that and that, you know, whatever the heck he was talking about, about arbitration and all that stuff. There's a million of those things, but there's one item, though, that, that, that both sides have that say this is the one we're coming out with. And I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen when it's, we'll find out everything's handled except these issues. I don't know what those are. Clearly, I guess you know Jeff is going to figure out what those are. And then when that date hits, and then when that date hits, you're going to hear hopefully the language of we're close. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the words cautiously optimistic, those two words that Jeff Passon said, I'm going to text him. He needs to count how many times he says that into a microphone <laughs> or a phone over the next two months. I will say you take the over under, it will be 200 and I'll take the over on that. I've been there. I have been there, man. I have been there. And I just wish we could just get these folks to just do it now. Do it now. You're already in the lockout. Do it now. Have a great Christmas. Why do you got to wait till February to do this sort of thing? It's some sort of kabuki dance. And I guess it's just any negotiation with any union and any ownership and any endeavor, I guess. It's just like, just get through it. Because there's a bunch of common folk, for the lack of a better phrase, who want an answer and need one. So just do it now. Instead of like, we're not talking right now. You're going to have to talk, so do it now. I know that sounds so simple, but it's frustrating. And I just want to get that out now because I'm done talking about it. Call me when it's over. Call me when it's over. And that's what so many fans are going to think right now. So many fans. The last thing I want to do is tell my kids next February when it's time to do a fantasy draft, we can't do it because, well, there's something called arbitration rule five times six, you know, point one oh three. And they want, by the way, 14 playoff teams baseball we don't want it 14 playoff teams really mets guy. really mets guy mike thumbs down no but the mets would have made it this year in a 14 like you really want like like what are we doing that for what do you want is that gonna be a one gamer first round 14 versus one or no one one through some odd get a buy who cares are you kidding me and then what are you gonna do That's, those games are gonna be the world series gets played on christmas what are we doing? Anyway. Right. Nope. Nope. 
Honest, I don't want to do this every day, and I'm not going to do it every day because it's just going to be infuriating. I just wanted you, our fans, to get the general sense and the lay of the land about all of this before we fall asleep and wake us like we're going to be hibernating baseball fans. Wake us when it's over. And again, at some point in February, you're going to hear the language of we're close, but players are just, they're the ones, they're the ones that are going to put this in jeopardy and the players and the owners they're the ones that are putting this in jeopardy and then at some point over the 48 hour period we're going to get through all that and hopefully get a deal hopefully fingers crossed do man. it now let's take a break phone calls when we come back 844-204-RICH let's talk sleep number people because quality sleep is so essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature quiets your snores or your partners sleep number does that my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's is 70 10 numbers apart but it truly is the world of difference the sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable you will love it jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50 percent that's 50 percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our show, uh, Terrestrial uh, Radio Network. Let's go to Delhi in Chicago. What's up, Delhi? How you doing, Rich? I love love how you interview people. Thanks, Everything man. you've done. Appreciate it. And I wanted to tell you, that, like Michael Smith, I, too, follow you. Love it. Okay. And, Terrific. Uh, my question is, do you believe in history repeating itself? And what is that? Well, in the form of Chicago playing Arizona and the Arizona Dennis Green rant. Yes. You think, you think there's a chance of that? The Bears are, yeah. but uh, is Erlacher showing up? Is Peanut Tillman showing up? I mean, sure. Okay. You know, and but yeah. that that game took place in Arizona. Arizona is in yeah, Chicago this time I know. around. You, that's I know that, and that's a a grass team going on a a grass team. And I was wondering if you thought anything of. Like the greatest show on turf was uh, the the hey man the Rams. No, and, and, um, th- and thanks for the call, Delhi. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, look, uh, Arizona's coming off a bye. They're the better team. They should win this football game. Yeah. I don't know if if Kyler Murray is going to be one hundred percent. I mean, that would be a significant um, ankle injury if he can if yeah. he's come. But he came off the bye and he was limited. That's the dreaded high ankle, Ugh. which makes that misfire at the end of that game even more you know well, it was on the dis- dumb it was on the dumb running play no I, I, I know I know that which makes that 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 interception that happened at the end of of that game yeah. even more heartbreaking knowing that it was Kyler Murray's last pass that they'd have for a month Ooh. and it almost gave them the win to be 10 and one yeah 
They could be 10 and 1 coming off the bye. Well, actually, there was more than enough time left on the clock for Aaron Rodgers to do his usual, Probably which is he was doing all night long, even without Devontae Adams out. Or they should win overtime. this game. They should win it. And, and you know, Justin Fields is practicing. Dalton's taking first team reps. Uh, the, the, the Arizona defense should handle the, the business well enough. And even if it is Colt McCoy, we saw he won two division games on the road. Winning in Chicago shouldn't be much of that much of an issue, but it always is whenever you suit up on any given Sunday, as they will this Sunday. Let's go to um, Shane in Boulder, Colorado. What's up, Shane? Hey, how's it going, Rich? What's up, guys? It's on your mind. What's up, Shane? Hey, uh, I am praying, praying, praying to the football gods that Alabama loses to Georgia. So Notre Dame gets in. To the college football playoff. Let's get it, Rich. Let's get it. <laughs> What's the it that we're getting? What, what is the huh? it? What is the, what is the it specifically that you are saying we are getting it together? Oh, was that? we are getting Notre Dame to the playoffs, buddy. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. All them haters out there like Notre Dame independent. They don't deserve it. But guess what? We're still getting in if Alabama loses. Let's get it. I don't think that I'm they do. I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that they don't deserve it at all. And that's the no. thing about Kelly. Le- a lot of people do, though. And the other thing I got to say is uh, you and Jim Harborough should be thankful that you didn't play Notre Dame this year because then your dreams would be crushed already. Well, let's <laughs> – all right. This is I Del was, Tufo's oh, guy okay, right here. You know Don't it, go. dude. You know it, Oh, my gosh. Buddy. This oh is Del God. Tufo's voice. Take your finger off the button. I don't want you even not, twitching in the direction of, of hanging up on I'm Shane. Not gonna, he would never done this call, Rich. If I'm not this mistaken, Shane, Shane, I have I have accused you in previous years of taking gummies before calling the show. Correct, Shane, in Colorado. Yeah, I know. Okay, so 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 you have Shane chosen the very wrong week to come on the air and say stuff like that to me because in previous weeks right in previous weeks I would just make the gummy reference and hang up. Now because you're scared, Rich. You're scared, scared. and I know it. Scared. Let I me just it. tell you this, Shane. Uh, how long has it been since Michigan played Notre Dame, Chris? Will you look that up? Was it three years ago? Was it three years ago? I, I think you was... guys have the last win, but if you look up before that, yeah, yeah, yeah we had the last win. win. We had the last win, and then to use the uh, Brady Hoke phrase, the chickens ran. We are not on each other's schedule. We are not on each other's schedule for another uh, as of right now, 12 years. I think 2034 is when we're yeah. playing each other next because Notre Dame wanted it that way. We used, to start, we used to start against each other every single year back when I was in college, Shane, back in the late 80s. And then, and then I, I, Notre Dame started playing a warm-up for Michigan game. I'm giving you a little bit of a history to this. And then Michigan said, you know what, screw it. If we're gonna, you're going to warm up for us, we're going to warm up for you. And then they went their separate ways. We came back together. And, and then this past time, we kicked your ass, and then you decided <laughs> to no longer put us on the schedule. That's fine. I hope you make it. I want you I to make pray. it. I want you I to pray. make it. I want you to make it so Marcus Freeman can show everybody on the universe with his mere presence there that Brian Kelly left your program for another one because your program is a stepping stone job for him, which he has basically <laughs> talked about how terrific everything is at LSU. And I'm not done yet, Shane. I want Michigan to make it. I want Michigan to make it. And I want, I want Notre Dame out of any of them. And you could sit here and say, well, you don't want a piece of Georgia. You don't want a piece of Alabama. You don't want a piece of Cincinnati. You want a piece of whatever. You want Notre Dame because they're the easiest mark or whatever. I don't believe that at all. I want Notre Dame. I want oh, I Michigan to beat. I, I want love it. Michigan would, Notre Dame college football playoff. I would. I would pray as well to the so. Guys. So do I think the so, so legendary. I, so do I think to the college football playoff committee folks. I think they would take that 
because you know they they're putting to, it on. They if they, that would be the most ratings they've gotten so long, so so long, okay. and Notre Dame wins for sure. All right, Shane. Thanks for the call, Shane. <laughs> Have a take good it one. easy, Shane. I'll I'll, I'll take that right now. I would sign for it right now because that means we beat Iowa. Which, as you know, now now that my bravado week is is coming is ebbing, you know, I'm I'm now in the nervous-sided portion of the week again because Iowa is a professional ruiner of Michigan football seasons and always has been. Just Google the name Chuck Long, everybody. So, just seriously. But Cincinnati and Oklahoma State would have to lose. Whatever it takes. Yeah, I'll for, take Notre Dame right now. For Notre Dame. Oh, gosh, let's do it. By the way, strength of wins, Notre Dame's actually second behind Georgia this year. Whatever, Mike, whatever stats I mean, you might actually be pulling out of your Orify or whatever over there. to put some research. Fine, great, terrific. I hope Strength it happens. Wins. I hope it happens. They That's the team I want. That's Notre the team Dame I want. Notre is not making the championship. I mean, I'm I'm a fan, but they're not making. According it. to ESPN, they have a better than a coin flip I, chance. I of know, making but it. I don't. I I highly doubt it. I want them. I want them. And this is when I you mean, know sideline Mike from Atlanta, right? He called in, and he's like, "You don't want a piece of Georgia," and I'm like, "If we get past Ohio State, I'll take anybody's piece. <laughs> I'll take anybody's piece." Right. Because pie. because if we beat Ohio State, we're going to be looking like a, a championship caliber team, and we did, and we'll see if that team shows up against Iowa, and I think they will, and then I'll take Notre Dame out of all of them, all of them. I want to be the first to show Marcus Freeman what he's up against, and what Brian Kelly ran from to go find greener financial and also coaching pastors because you heard how terrific a job LSU is and LSU's putting out hype videos talking about how terrific a job is to maybe cover up the fact that he took it the money and ran which I don't blame him for doing that's a lot of cheddar but that's been the message from Brian Kelly and LSU since he left was that's a better job that he couldn't refuse so yes is all I'm saying and that's a wonderful way to wrap up this second hour. <laughs> On my hype week. <laughs> he picked Somebody the wrong knows day. how to promote. He picked the wrong, wrong day. day to test you, Rich. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm passing every test. <laughs> Bob Aram, who knows how to promote a thing or two, coming up.